Welcome. I'm Dr. Liz, an entrepreneur, speaker, podcaster, mom, and wife. This podcast is about hypnosis, but also about all kinds of ways to help you live your fullest life, to heal, transform, to play the long game and go after the joy. You can see more about me at drlizhypnosis.com. Hop over there to get a free hypnosis file to decrease fear and anxiety or one to increase emotional stability. They're there just for you. I hope you enjoy the podcast as much as I do. Peace. Hi, everyone. Dr. Liz here. I hope you're doing well. It is summer here in South Florida. So it is very, very hot. It's sort of like our winter, meaning we stay inside a lot of the day. We exercise early morning, evening, late afternoon. We go to the beach at those same times. We're not out in the middle of the day if we can avoid it other than like, you know, living your life, doing stuff like that. And it's also the rainy season. So it rains almost every day here from about 1.30, 2 p.m. for a couple of hours and then it'll stop. I actually love the rain because it helps cool things down because it's so hot. But it is almost like clockwork. When my kids were little, the elementary schools, we get out at 2 p.m. and often they'd have to hold them because if there's lightning in the area, they can't release them out of the school. So we'd all sit there and wait <laughs> until, until things let up and then um, they would let the kids out and we could take them home. All right, let's get to the topic today. I am doing a series on sleep tips. And in case you don't know, I am certified in hypnosis for insomnia, as well as cognitive behavior therapy for insomnia, which we call CBTI, which I always find really funny because it's not like we call um, CBT for anxiety, CBTA or CBTD for depression or, <laughs> you know, it's just CBT, right? Cognitive behavioral therapy one of the most researched treatments, but for some reason for insomnia, they decided to call it CBTI. So I'm certified in that as well as hypnosis. And I've been working in this area for many, many years. I love working in this area because people get better so quickly. I struggled with insomnia myself for a lot of my life. And even my undergrad honors thesis was on the relationship of state versus trade anxiety to nightmares. Nightmares often cause insomnia or they go along with it. When someone's waking up all the time or they're fearful to go to sleep because of nightmares, that type of thing, that honors thesis did find that if you're a more anxious person in general, so that's more like trait anxiety, then you do have a higher frequency of nightmares versus state anxiety is something that um, is happening in the moment and typically passes and you know, everyone expect you would expect you to be anxious about that. That's more state anxiety. That was research done a long time ago. So I did have insomnia a lot of my life until really I found hypnosis. Hypnosis is what really helped me with mine. I worked doing hypnosis for insomnia for many years before I got certified in CBTI. And then the CBTI helped me even more. So it's not like I never have a night of bad sleep. They definitely come here and there, particularly if I'm worried about something, but it's nothing like it was before. I don't really fear sleep like I did for many years or dread it or anything like that. 
And I think when you feel more in control of your sleep and things that you can do to have better sleep, then you do have less anxiety about it or less fear of it. It's not really the fear of the sleep, typically, unless someone really is having nightmares and trauma and that type of thing. It's more like people worry about the next day. How am I going to function the next day? How am I going to work? I'm going to be so tired. How am I going to get through the day? That type of thing. So when you feel more in control of it, that type of anxiety decreases or just disappears. I was doing hypnosis yesterday and I had had a a really bad night of sleep the night before and I was feeling so sleepy during the hypnosis and I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) when you do hypnosis, sometimes it's self-hypnosis is what I consider it because um, you're the therapist, you're the one talking and doing the relaxation, all that, but it also helps you feel relaxed even as you speak it. So I thought it was super funny. Like I didn't have any problems staying awake actually, but the thought ran through my mind like, oh, I'm so tired. And then I thought, yeah, that's okay. I always have a good day, regardless if I'm tired or not, and just kept going. So this week, we're going to talk about winding down apps and hypnosis. In the next one, we're going to talk about how to use light to your advantage. And then in the third one, we're going to talk about shifting your bedtime, how to do that. And um, some just basic like CBTI questions, that type of thing. So if you have a question, please email it over to me, Dr. Liz, D-R-L-I-Z at drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. And I will try to answer it on the podcast. Now, let's talk about winding down. So winding down is an important concept that we teach in CBTI. It's really preparing yourself in your body for bed. So you don't want your wind down to be too long. Sometimes people think they should wind down for hours. That's definitely not the case. We recommend 30 minutes to an hour before your bedtime. Before we talk about things to do during your wind down time, we're going to talk about things not to do during your wind down time. You want some pretty regular activities that you do because it starts to prepare your brain and body that we are getting ready for bed here. So you limit caffeine, alcohol, and or drug use, including marijuana, to at least two hours before bedtime. You want to make that your cutoff time. Now, some people are using marijuana to sleep. That's a whole nother issue, (laughs) okay? And I don't really recommend that. I don't recommend any kind of chemical to help you sleep I really do believe that our bodies, most people's bodies are made to sleep naturally and we can achieve that on our own. Now, obviously, if you have some specific medical stuff going on, then you do need to consult with your own doctor or psychiatrist around that. But in general, I don't believe that anyone needs marijuana to sleep. Okay, I do believe that their brain gets conditioned to that and it it does then act like an addiction and they feel like they need it to sleep and there is a detox period if they decide to come off of it. Um, I'm not anti-marijuana at all, but when it's used for sleep, it's like, "Mm, do you really want to do that the rest of your life and risk early dementia and cognitive problems and increase in anxiety, like some of the side effects of long-term use of marijuana. But, you know, you can't convince a marijuana smoker of this, people. Believe me. (laughs) Occasionally I have someone who comes into my office who wants to get off of marijuana. And it's like, okay, I don't have to convince them of anything. They're experiencing it. Um, I had a 
an older client, she was like 67 or something, who said, well, my my friend said I should just start, you know, using some marijuana to sleep. And she was in for treatment of insomnia. And I was like, well, you're 67. I mean, you know, early dementia, how do we define that? So let's say you use it for two or three years and then you start to get some dementia signs. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's right on track. Do you mind that? And she's like, no, I don't want dementia. And I was like, okay, then (laughs) let's just cross marijuana off the list. All right. Even if you use melatonin, it's not going to cause early dementia. (laughs) Like, come on. Anyway, marijuana rant is over. What else do we limit? We limit large meals right before bedtime. So some people want a small snack. Generally, we say no large meals. No vigorous exercise in the hours leading up to bedtime. So exercising during the day is actually recommended if you're struggling with some insomnia or sleep issues. But you don't want to do vigorous exercise leading up to bedtime. Now, I will say there's an exception to this. If you have ADD or ADHD, then typically my experience with those people, and I've read this as well in um, Attitude Magazine, is that their brains have a very hard time shutting down. So sometimes they really do need activity right up until the minute they go to sleep. So that's an exception. When my youngest daughter was younger, all the advice for kids is, the wind down routine, right? Like you take their bath, you read the books. People, this doesn't change for adults. Okay, It's the same thing. We need a wind down. But somehow, you know, we get out of childhood and think we don't need it anymore. The calm routine for her didn't work. She had to be run, meaning like I take her outside and run her around the block where we would do an obstacle course in our living room, you know, jump over the couch and run into the bedroom and come back and, you know, do a push-ups in the kitchen. Like we would do an obstacle course and that's what she needed before she went to sleep. Now at the time, I didn't know that she was ADD, but she has been diagnosed with that since. So I always thought that was really funny um, when I remembered that and after she got her diagnosis. So that's an exception. For the rest of us, you can do some light stretching. If you Google up like calming yoga poses, those are fine or some light stretching, but you don't want to do anything vigorous. And you may play with that too. Meaning if let's say you take a run around 6 p.m. and you're tracking your sleep and you notice, oh, on my run days, I have a harder time sleeping. Let me back that up. So it's not like stop running, no. It's like, oh, let me back it up. Let's see if I could take that run at 5 p.m., maybe in a break in the workday or 4 p.m. Like that's my afternoon break. I take a run and then I come back and work some more and see if that affects it. The other thing to limit is emotional conversations at bedtime. So you you don't want to start any bullshit at bedtime, okay? <laughs> let me just call it like that. You really don't. If your partner tries to, then just let them know, no, I can't talk about this right now. Can we talk about it tomorrow sometime or schedule a time to talk about that? Um, sometimes I'll be reading and my husband wants to get chatty in bed and I'll have to tell him like, no, I have my book. You see my book, it means I'm not talking. It doesn't mean like, oh, let's talk to Elizabeth now. (laughs) So he's not talking about emotional stuff usually. But for me, it's like I need some quiet, actually. So no conversation for me. But um, generally, you don't want to have heavy emotional conversations for sure. The other thing to limit is TV in the bedroom. So I would say don't fall asleep to TV. Find something else that's going to put you to sleep. Or if you want to watch TV, 
All right, do it in the living room. And then when you start to feel sleepy, go into the bedroom if you want to do it that way. But no CBTI specialist I have ever met recommends a TV in the bedroom. Zero. <laughs> okay. Um, try to decrease that use gradually. If it's hard to give up TV at bedtime, watch something soothing or calmer. No like uh, murder mysteries or something like super exciting action movies. No, you watch something a little bit calmer. We also say don't watch TV in the bedroom during the daytime either. We really don't want TV in your bedroom at all. But that's um, it's very difficult for some people. That's one of the first things I recommend is getting it out of the bedroom, period. All right, so that's the list of what to limit. Now, what can you do to calm down? And again, this is individual, people. You've got to find what works for you. Now, I don't want you winding down in the bed. So that is a common misconception that comes up in my practice is people think their wind down time is actually in bed. No, it is not in bed. <laughs> it is in the living room, in the couch, at a table maybe, or in a comfy chair. If you have a comfy chair, what we like to call, what I like to call a transition area in your bedroom, you may have your bed and then maybe a chaise or a comfy chair in the corner or something that you could sit in to do your wind down until you feel sleepy. The only exception to this is for my readers. So if you're a reader who likes to read a little bit before you go to bed, then you can do that about 15, 20 minutes in the bed, no longer. If you're reading an hour in bed before you falling asleep, I recommend you read in your comfy chair or in the living room until you feel sleepy and then go to the bed. If it's not causing you a problem, then you're golden. So reading, nice way to quiet down, relaxing with some evening music, humming or chanting and light stretching or some restful yoga, perhaps a night stroll around your yard or block, or even sitting in the backyard. If you have a little backyard, just enjoying the quiet. You close the blinds, lock the doors, you um, turn lights lower, or people will often do this naturally. The volume on the TV goes down a bit because it sounds too loud at night. That's a sign that your body's getting ready for sleep. Same with the lights. If all of a sudden the lights are like so bright and you're turning them off, that's a sign that your body's getting ready for sleep. You can straighten a room or corner or do a few morning tasks, meaning like make the lunches for the next day or figure out what you're going to wear the next day, um, something like that. Turn down your sheets, some aromatherapy. I had a whole episode in season five. It's episode 216. It aired on September 10th, 2021. Essential Oils for Better Health with Eric, Dr. Eric Zielinski. That's a great episode. And he talks about putting on calming essential oils to help like the whole household calm down. So that's an option. And I would suggest listening to that if you're interested in that. Taking a warm bath or shower, not hot. If it's too hot, then that actually impedes sleep. So we don't want to do that. Just warm. You can write gratitude statements or make lists for the next day, or even write down what you would like to learn or heal or let go of. During the night, if you have a question that you'd like answered during the night, it's a nice thing to write down or maybe what you'd like to dream about. I always think that's a fun one. I don't do it that often, but maybe I'll start doing it more. <laughs> what I'd like to dream about. 
And then there's some basic stuff, like basic hygiene stuff that most people do as part of their wind down. They may not recognize it, but it really is a cue to the body to get ready to go to sleep. So that's like brushing your teeth, brushing your hair, washing your face, um, maybe some prayer or meditation or both, or even some deep breathing. So deep, even breaths, something like that. Now, a question I get all the time is, can I play a game on my phone or can I be on my phone? People get super scared about blue light, the effect of blue light on their sleep because it's all over the internet. And what I'm going to tell you is going to set you free, okay? It's going to set you free. When they did the studies on blue light, they found only a difference of like six minutes between people falling asleep with or without blue light. It's a nothing, people. (laughs) nothing. You can be on your phone. If you have a game that's a little interesting, but not too interesting, and you know you fall asleep to that game, that's fine for your wind down, whether that's on the computer or on your phone. That's totally fine. If you want to scroll through some social media and it's calming for you, it doesn't get you upset or jealous or any of that, then that's fine. If you want to make that part of your wind down, Some people like to put down apps. I said at the beginning, I was going to talk some about apps and hypnosis files. That's totally fine to go to sleep. There's some really good ones. There's Calm, there's Aura, A-U-R-A, the app, not the ring. The app has some good meditations. There's um, apps with like nighttime stories, bedtime stories where they read to you. There's the Insight Timer. I have some free files on Insight Timer. It's one of the biggest meditation apps in the entire world. There's the Primed Mind app. That one has some good one. That's um, Elliot Rowe is the owner of that app. I interviewed him on the podcast. That was um, episode 213, right before Dr. Eric Zielinski. <laughs> Go listen to both of those if you like. You can listen to some of my own free hypnosis files. I have a free one for insomnia that you get if you join the newsletter over at my website, or you can look up episode 101. The original episode was episode 40, then I did a replay in episode 101 for insomnia. I'm gonna run a replay pretty soon here as well. So this is the first one, I'll do a second one, how to use light to your advantage, a third one, shifting your bedtime, shifting your sleep schedule, and the fourth one will be the replay for hypnosis for insomnia. So you can use a hypnosis file. What I do say about using an app or a hypnosis file is you don't want to use it like a pill, meaning I have to listen to that every night to fall asleep. Our brains are very susceptible to conditioning, and that can work to our advantage when we condition them to do good things like put us to sleep. And it can work sometimes to our disadvantage, meaning, oh, I have to do this to fall asleep. We don't want that to happen. So if you want to listen to it here and there, and the way I work with hypnosis in my own practice is I want you to learn the skill and not have to play something. I want you to be able to do it in your head for yourself. So I have I have like 10 different ones I use at various times because um because no one's in CBTI treatment for that long. <laughs> Usually it's like three three to five sessions and they're done. Unless someone's trying to come off a medication, then it's a little bit longer because it's a process. But typically, if someone's not on medication, but they're struggling with insomnia, the treatment is very fast. It's three to five sessions. And we're not doing hypnosis every single one of those sessions. So You can imagine I'm not fitting in 10 hypnosis into like three to five sessions. I'm doing a couple of them. 
But what I'd like the person to do is learn how to do that process in their head for themselves to be able to put themselves to sleep or to let go of anxious thoughts that are happening that are perhaps keeping them awake. So I have a couple of techniques that I teach specifically for that. So again, if you want to use an app or hypnosis file, meditation, an audio file, then I do recommend that you don't do that every single night. You don't become dependent on it, that perhaps you learn the process yourself and teach yourself how to do that to put yourself to sleep. All right, people, I've talked long enough here. I hope you got some good ideas about how to help yourself to sleep. And again, if you'd like to work with me, you can absolutely do that. I can work all over the world. If you're in the U.S. and you're not in the state of Florida, then hypnosis has to be a component of your treatment for it to be legal for me to do it. Hypnosis is like a, a loophole. I can do hypnosis all over the U.S., all over the world. I can do CBTI all over the world. <laughs> except if you're in the U.S., it has to have some hypnosis with it. So that's my, um, that's my caution. And if you are in Florida, then I can see you anywhere in Florida. I do do telehealth and we can do CBTI and hypnosis or just simply CBTI. All right, people, I hope you're well and safe and happy. Peace. truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace. This podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need therapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional.